If you brought your Bible, open with me this evening, please, to Mark, the 16th chapter. Mark, chapter 16. We've been on a series for a few weeks now on the Friday nights. We're calling it Miracles Now. Miracles Now. You believe in miracles? You believe they're for now? Well, I'm at the right place then. <laughs> be kind of hard if you're going to preach some messages like this and folks didn't believe in miracles and, and they didn't believe they were for now. But even if you believe in it, you can believe in it stronger. Mark 16 and 17. Mark 16, 17, Jesus said, These signs shall follow them that believe. Are you a believer? Hmm? Then signs are supposed to be following you. He starts out by talking about uh, casting out devils and, and speaking with new tongues. He winds up talking about laying hands on the sick and them being healed. You believe all that's for today? That's miraculous, isn't it? That deals with spiritual realities. And a lot of folk, they're anti-anything that would have to do with people being healed or talking in tongues or casting out demons, that kind of thing. They think, oh, that's what, that, what is that? Doesn't make sense to them, so they write it off as fanaticism, as error. And what it is, is a rejection of the supernatural, a rejection of the miraculous. But you can't even be a Christian if you don't believe in miracles. Hmm? Being a Christian is based on believing in some miracles. The virgin birth is a miracle. How can you be a Christian and you don't believe in the Christ? Well, does it really matter? Whether he had an earthly father or not. It totally matters. If Jesus had an earthly father. It was born just like me or you. This church is a waste of time. Are you listening? He was miraculously conceived. The word of God. Came to Mary. By an angel from heaven. An angel? Yeah. A heavenly being, not of this earth, a spirit being, came from glory, spoke to her. She said, when she heard that word, be it unto me, according to what you said. And that word literally became flesh inside her. The Bible said, he, the angel told her the power of the highest. Is going to come on, the Holy Spirit's going to come on you, and the power of the Most High God is going to overshadow you. Somebody say, overshadow. overshadow. And when the power of God came on her, there was nothing physical about her conception except when the Word became physical. And there was conception. And Jesus grew and was born and lived and became our sacrifice. And died on the cross. And was dead. And laid in that cold tomb. For those days and nights. But was raised. From the dead. Miracle. Somebody say miracle. Now you hear. Supposed to be ministers. With degrees. Talk about the validity of a literal physical resurrection. And does it really matter? Isn't it important what Jesus taught. And how he lived. I mean whether he physically. You know. That is perceived by some. To be symbolic talk. And perhaps even mythology. That developed after Jesus life. Does it really matter? If Jesus is not raised from the dead then none of us are going to be raised from the dead. The Bible says so. 
1 Corinthians 15 talks about this in detail. That if Jesus isn't raised from the dead, there is no resurrection from the dead. And you and I are not going to heaven. Are you listening? And this church and every church is a waste of time and money. Does it matter? (laughs) Does it matter? (laughs) That's why I say you can't even be a Christian. Unless you believe in miracles. But if you believe. That there was one who came. Born of a virgin. Glory to God. Raised from the dead. Having paid the price. For all our sins. And now he's ascended up on high. And he's set down at the right hand. Of majesty on high. Where he ever lives. To make intercession for you and I. And that he is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the first and the last. The beginning and the end. The King of Kings. The Lord of Lords. And he's coming again soon. Hallelujah. And the dead in Christ are going to rise up. And we're going to be changed. And we're going to meet him in the sky. And we're going to rule and reign with him forever. Miracles, 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 miracles. But that's Christianity. And it's also reality. (laughs) So are you a believer? A believer means you have chosen to believe what you don't understand. What you can't figure out, what you can't prove with a telescope or a microscope or a, any kind of a test, you've chosen to believe it. Hmm? I have. And I'm looking at people that have too. <laughs> and we're happy about it. <laughs> Y'all are all just deluded. Well, leave us alone. <laughs> We're happy. (laughs) We're happy. (laughs) We're having a good life. If there was something better, I might check it out. There is nothing better than the Christian life. The true Christian life. There is nothing better. Glory to God. We've been in the book of Acts. Go ahead and turn there, please, to the book of Acts. And we've gone through chapter by chapter and looked at record of miracles that happened in the beginning days of the church. The same church we're a part of. Thank you, Lord. They experienced miracles. Have you read the book of Acts? Did they experience the miraculous? In the beginning of the book of Acts, you see Jesus having raised from the dead... And he ascended right before their eyes. He went right up off the ground. And ascended up until they couldn't see him anymore. Do you believe that really happened? We see that the Spirit of God manifested in the upper room. It sounded like a a, a typhoon was blowing in there. And they saw fire. And it flickered tongues of fire. And the fire came down there. While they were looking at it, it came all the way and got on them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues, languages they had never learned. Miraculous. Do you believe it? We saw a man at the gate beautiful who was born with some kind of defect in his feet and his ankles and had never taken a step. He's a grown man and he's never taken a step. And we saw Peter and John look at him and say, in the name of Jesus Christ... Get up! And he jumped. And his feet and ankle bones were made perfect and normal. And he ran. A man who's never taken a step. Leaped, jumped, and ran. He shook the whole city. Because everybody knew him. Everybody had seen him over there. Everybody knew he was, he was like that. And they're, they're amazed at what happened to him. Do you believe it happened just like that? We saw them. Instead of everybody being glad about it. The rulers took uh, the, the, the leaders, the apostles, 
and put them in jail and beat them with rods and sticks because of this man that got healed at the gate called Beautiful. And so when they let them go, they all went back and they got in the house. They started praying and they said, God, we want some more of this. (laughs) We don't care what they say. Stretch forth your hand to heal and let some more signs and wonders be done. In the name of your holy child, Jesus. And while they're praying that, God shook the very building. He shook the building that they were in. You believe it really happened like that? This is miraculous. Is it miraculous? This is not natural. This is beyond the natural. We saw some signs of judgment. We saw Ananias and Sapphira fall dead. And there wasn't anything wrong with them. We saw Herod get struck. We saw Elamus get struck. Signs of judgment. We went into that. If you haven't been with us, you can catch up. You can get the previous teaching and messages in the Word Supply. You can get it down, uh, download it from off the internet. It won't cost you anything. Now I want you to go to uh, the 19th chapter of Acts. Then we'll go there and then we'll back up a little bit. But can you, can you listen about some more miracles? You like talking about miracles? I do too. Is there more to this than just increasing our knowledge? There there is a a spiritual quantity in these words that will come into us and open us up to miracles. And give us faith for miracles. Why would God be talking to us about miracles? Oh, I'm not talking to the right folks. I said, why, why would God? Be talking to us, Faith Life Church at Branson and you and everybody that's joined to us about these amazing things that we've been hearing about and meditating upon for the past few weeks. Why? 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 Why would he talk to them about us? So we could look back and drool and go, wouldn't it have been great to live back in them times? That's why the message is miracles now. Now. Because he is God, he changes not. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If it was his will, it is his will. He's no respecter of persons. If he did it for them, he'll do it for you, for me. So if it it was miracles then, it's got to be miracles now. If it was God, he doesn't change. And he's not going to change. Somebody said out loud, I believe in miracles. I believe in God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Uh, on a Miracle and Healing Night, we got into some things that uh, we'll, we'll actually continue to talk about in this passage in the 19th chapter. Acts 19 and 10 said uh, the things that they were discussing had continued by the space of two years. So that all they which dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. Is that still God's purpose through his ministries, through his churches, for everybody to hear the word of the Lord Jesus? Hmm? You believe we can increase in that? That God can use us to reach more and more people with the good news. Verse 11. And God did what? wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul, verse 12, so that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons, and the diseases departed from them, and the evil spirits went out of them. Healing and deliverance. And God did it in a specific way. He used cloths and the man of God. (laughs) Cloth. Now, in talking about these things, you can see where people have gotten off in ancient times past and even in recent times. People, that's the way the enemy is. He's always wanting you, if he can't get you to get off one way, he tries to get you to get off the other direction, but he just doesn't want you in the word. He doesn't want you in the truth because that causes him major problems, (laughs) right? 
You either got people that, that wouldn't believe in the anointing or a cloth at all. Or you got people that uh, make the cloth some kind of a talisman. And that these cloths have special powers. <laughs> and attribute to them magical qualities. And so that people are looking for these artifacts and these relics because they'll have these powers about them. Isn't that putting a focus on the instrument rather than the one who did it? Back up to that 11th verse. What did it say? And Paul wrought special miracles with God's help. <laughs> Why would I say it like that? Because more theologians than not will say, yes, the apostles had these special powers. And God needed to do some special things to help get the church going. But when the full canon of scripture was completed, and the last apostle died, all that ceased. Well, then they're attributing these special powers to these men, these apostles. When Peter himself, when the lame man at the gate beautiful was healed, and everybody come a-running, and they were looking at them, Peter said, why look ye on us as though by our power or holiness we made this man to walk? He said, the same God that raised Jesus from the dead, he's the one that did this. Why do people want to do that? They want to put the emphasis on the man, or they want to put the emphasis on the the cloth, or the oil, or something else. Why? Because if you can put it on the cloth then it relieves you from having to confront a living God. We'll just use this cloth. We'll just use this oil. We'll just use this incantation. We'll just see if they can do anything for us. No, no, no. There's no getting around it. The one who made you, the one who created the heavens and the earth, is the one you need to acknowledge and believe in and have a relationship with. And have fellowship with. And know that when something good happens. You don't have to wonder where who to give the praise to. Let me give you a hint. It ain't the cloth. And it ain't the oil. And it ain't the preacher. God. Wrought special miracles. But he used something. He used someone. And he used something. Or things. God uses instruments. And this is something we need to know. Relative to miracles. God uses people. And he uses things. Now they're not the ones that you could say did it. And yet they were something God flowed through. Weren't they? We talked about, time before last, before the miracle and healing meeting, we talked about Moses. And he had that stick. Remember that? He had that staff. God used that stick. And no doubt, some of that, these are ancient things we're talking about now, a long time ago. No doubt, from some of that came people's idea of wands and sticks and conjuring. But I'm telling you, a stick is just a stick without God. <laughs> it ain't the stick, honey. It's God. It's God. But yet he did use a stick. Now didn't he? He did. And we've seen more than once the Lord using things and people. We're talking tonight about instruments 
of power. Say it out loud, why don't you? Instruments of power. See, things that God would use as a tool, as a means of implementing something that he wants. Now, Miracle and Healing Night. We read all the passages about how that the woman with the issue of blood pressed through. And what'd she do? What'd she do? In Mark, don't turn there, but Mark 5.27, put it up for us, Mark 5.27. When she had heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind and she did what? Touched what? She touched his garment, and and, uh, yeah, another writer says the hem of his garment. And verse 28, for she said, if I may but touch what? If I touch but his clothes. Again, this is cloth. Cloth. And she touched cloth and got healed. Didn't she? And yet you couldn't say the clothes healed her. God healed her. And Jesus told her her faith made her whole. And yet the cloth was an instrument for the power to flow through from him to her. Wasn't it? The Bible said he felt that power had left him. And she knew that her hemorrhage, her bleeding had instantly stopped. Something stopped it. And what did she touch? He didn't lay hands on her. He didn't pray for her. She didn't touch his skin. She didn't touch his hand. She didn't touch his head. She touched cloth. That had been in contact. With him. Can you say amen? Amen. Now look back in, in Acts 19. Where we just read. There in the uh, 12th verse, is that what it is? Acts 19, 12. Put it up for us, please. Well, back up to verse 11. We need to read the whole thing. Tell me again, who did it? God. God. You like God? (laughs) You love God? Believe in God? God, your God, my God. Wrought special miracles. Now the the word for special and miracles means. It's actually three words. Uh, And the translators just kind of lumped it together here. But it means not the common. Not the ordinary. Now that's that's exciting to me. Because we got so many miracles going on. That we have to differentiate. Between regular miracles. (laughs) <laughs> and, and extraordinary miracles now it can't be that they are the only ones that can have all the fun right it just can't be that all this was just for them and God said oh, I'm done with miracles I'm tired of that and y'all just have to be intellectual Christians the rest of you no 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 he hasn't changed people have left him People have explained things away and stopped believing. You know, Paul said in Galatians, he said, he that works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Does faith have anything to do with miracles? Absolutely it does. And and how do you get faith? Hearing. Hearing. What if you're hearing that the age of miracles is past? And all that's been done away with. And you need to stay away from those folks because they're crazy. What if you're hearing that? (laughs) Some of you are looking and laughing like that's what you heard not long before you came in here. They they already seen you come in here. They already know you're here. So you might as well get the benefits. Right? And if you're getting talked about, at least you're getting something for it. No, you're in a good place. Amen. And we're not crazy. We just believe. We just believe this Bible. 
is not mythical. It's not just symbolic. It really happened. And it still happens. And the God who created the heavens and the earth from things you could not see. There, there was nothing there that you could see. And he spoke and it came into existence. You believe that or not? People say, well, you have to be simple-minded to believe that. No, you've got to be ignorant to believe the other. <laughs> How about I just talk about that a little bit? What are you referring to, brother? Well, let me make it plain. How's about the Big Bang Theory? And how's about the theory of evolution? Did you notice a common word in both of those phrases? Theory. Now I'm not, I'm quoting them. It is known in the science books, in the dictionaries, if you can call it correctly, the Big Bang Theory. And Darwin's Theory of evolution from his book and from his writings because it is a theory what is a theory (laughs) well I've given you brother Hagen's definition of a theory before and it's quite accurate let me give you a correct you know technical definition of theory a theory and this is not Games and joking, this is the the correct explanation or definition of a theory, is a proposed explanation where status is still conjectural. (laughs) A theory is a proposed explanation. It's somebody's explanation of something that is still in question. A proposed explanation where status is still conjectural. Well, what is conjecture? What does conjectural mean? Conjecture is formation of an opinion. Oh, this just gets worse, doesn't it? (laughs) Formation of of an opinion without sufficient evidence for proof. Or speculation. Another word for speculation is a guess. (laughs) I'm not trying to make fun. I'm just reminding folks. People have accepted these things as proven facts. And they never were. They are speculation. There are people's Thinking out loud guesses as to what might have happened. And so what people have done, they have chosen to believe that that's what happened. It's a belief. And people say, well, I just can't believe what you believe. You could if you chose to. You chose to believe that. Well, it's a scientific what? Scientific what? Theory. (laughs) Brother Hagen says, a theory is a supposition based upon ignorance of the topic under discussion. (laughs) Which is pretty much the same thing as we just read. (laughs) How about I read you a quote and I don't normally do this. don't recommend that you spend any time in this material. But how about I read you a quote from Darwin's Origin of the Species. Listen to this. Darwin confessed. He's talking about different uh, organisms. He was talking about the eye. The human eye. He said to suppose that the eye with all its inimitable contrivances for adjusting the focus to different distances, for admitting different amounts of light, and for correction of spherical and chromatic aberration, 
could have been formed to suggest that it could have been formed by natural selection seems, I freely confess, absurd (laughs) in the highest degree. (laughs) That it just developed through natural, to do what it can do. Darwin himself says that he freely confesses it seems absurd. This is the man that wrote the book (laughs) that everybody has embraced as scientific reality. Now let me tell you what happened. In the beginning, in the beginning, right back there, Genesis 1, 1, in the beginning, read it, that's what happened. That's what happened. God said. Light. Be. (laughs) And some very. Amazing. Wonderful. Miraculous things. That he could probably explain to us. For three days. And we'd still go. Huh? (laughs) You know there's some things. It's just hard for you to explain to a two-year-old. Right. Right. Isn't They can ask questions. You can explain it to them. And they don't know any more about it from when you started telling them about it. They just don't have the reference or the experience to know what you mean. And how about God who has existed from eternity past? And us who have been around for how long? <laughs> we know so little. Faith is a choice, my brother. You can choose to believe men's speculation and guesses and opinions. Men without faith. Or you can choose to believe one who has never lied (laughs) and cannot fail. It's a choice. Don't say you can't believe it because you could if you would. It's a choice. I have chosen to believe And I'm happy about it. How about you? Are you happy with your choice? To believe? (laughs) You know I was preaching one day. And I didn't know it. But there was a man in the crowd. Who had been a high ranking. uh, Russian. General. This was before. The fall of the. Uh, the curtain and the things that have been changed. This is way, this is back sometime. I didn't know he, who he was. I took the platform that day and I didn't start teaching. I didn't even look at a note. I started preaching. I started preaching about God the Almighty, creator of the heaven and earth, and how there were absolutely no agnostics or atheists in hell. None. Moments after they quit breathing, they know the truth. And I preached about how that the king of kings is coming back again. And how that every knee of beings under the earth, beings on the earth, beings in heaven, every knee is going to bow, every tongue is going to confess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I preached it hard and I preached it fast. I said smart ones bow now, fools bow later. And I said, if you're not a fool, get out of your seat and bow right now. Put your knee on the floor and confess that Jesus is Lord. I mean, people everywhere hit the floor and started kneeling. And this guy got out and knelt. I didn't know it. Later on, they told me. I talked to him. I didn't know all this. Later on, he's, he'd been raised from a child to believe there is no God. He grew up in an atheist government, an atheist family. Ever, I mean, he'd been taught strong. There is no God. That's all foolish crutches for ignorant people. But here he was, older, and looking at death, and that word got to him that day. <laughs> Out he came and hit his knees, and he had, you could tell he had a hardened look about him. He'd had a hard life. But when I was talking to him, big old crocodile tears were coming out of his eyes. And he was saying, I confess Jesus today. 
Well, I reckon we'll see him in heaven then, won't we? No matter what he's done in the past, can you say glory to God? He chose to believe. And he chose right. Oh, thank you, Lord. Just lift your hand right now and tell him, thank you, Lord, I believe in you. I confess freely right now. If you're watching by internet, do it. Just say, I confess freely. Jesus is Lord. God is real. I choose to believe. I'll not be a fool. I confess the reality of God and the Lordship of Jesus, His Son. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Somebody needed to hear that. Thank you, Father. This pride, you know, atheism and agnosticism is pride. It's pride. You know, people say, well, I can't believe what I can't see. What I can't hear, what I can't feel, what I can't understand. I'm not going to believe it. That is simpleton ignorance. That's being inconsistent with your own Supposed intelligence. Let me give you a few examples. Do you mind? You got time? We're into it anyway. I mean, quote, not origin of the species. I mean, we're, we waited out tonight, brother. <laughs> I just wanted you to know that even Darwin himself said that was absurd. <laughs> I'm not going to believe it if I can't see it if I can't perceive it with my senses if I don't understand it I don't have to believe it I'm not going to believe it exists as far as I'm concerned it doesn't exist let me just give you a few things so if you can't see it it doesn't exist ever seen your brain <laughs> <laughs> then it doesn't exist <laughs> you, in, you never saw it <laughs> you never saw it are there countries that you've never been to yeah. then they don't exist because you've never seen them planets are there planets that you have never seen with your eyes. Well I've seen pictures. How do you know where those pictures came from? Huh? How do you know for sure. Jupiter exists. You ever been there? You know anybody that's ever been there? Know anybody that knows anybody. That's ever been there. Then it doesn't exist. There is, then this is recent, only in the 1800s did we find out there are spectrums of light that have been here all the time we can't see. Hmm? God gave wisdom to a clever scientist and he took prisms and, and he was refracting the light and breaking it into its colors and and he, he found out how to test heat of different colors. And he found that when he went beyond the red range, the heat just went way off. Well, there's nothing there. But I guess there is. You can't see it. He discovered infrared. Well, for all those centuries, I guess it didn't exist. Because we can't see it. Then not long, just a couple of years after that, another guy got to experimenting and found there was something else. Discovered ultraviolet. Bring what else is there we hadn't seen yet? Hmm. You know there's all kind of sounds we can't hear. They've been here all the time. Whales been hearing them. Hmm? From the beginning. Dogs hear stuff. Right? Yeah, but if you can't hear it, it doesn't exist. 
Hmm? There's frequencies above and below. I, I mean way above and way below. There's all kind of stuff going on. You and I are just totally clueless about it. We never hear it. We've never heard it. And unless the Lord allowed us to us, we'll never hear it in our lifetime. Because we just don't have, it's not that it doesn't exist. It's our ability to discern it. Oh, come on, can you see this? Well, if there are these, just these things that just in recent times we're finding out is there. And it's been there all along. Wonder what else is there. And you're going to have the ignorance and the audacity to say because you can't see it and you can't feel it, it doesn't exist. That's like little kids closing their eyes and thinking you can't see them. (laughs) That's just how infantile that is. (laughs) You say, well, if I can't see it, it don't exist. How do you know? You don't know. There is so much you don't know. Have some sense and admit it. And as Christians, no matter what you've learned, there is so much. How many believe there is so much? So you got to watch about saying, well, that can't be and that couldn't happen. And God does some special things. He does some extraordinary I'm excited to know that we can have so many miracles that we got to categorize them. <laughs> See, I know y'all had miracles, yeah, but man, we had some special ones too. We had a bunch of regular miracles, and then we had a good dose of extraordinary miracles. <laughs> Does that excite you at all? I didn't make this up. I'm reading it out of the scriptures. That's what the word means. Oh, somebody say glory to God. Say it again, glory to God. God. The God's Word translation said God worked unusual miracles. Then that means you got usual miracles. (laughs) People would take handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched Paul's skin. And of course it could have been the skin on his hands. It said by the hands. Or it could have been something else. Their sicknesses would be cured and evil spirits would leave them. Do you believe this happened just like this? That a cloth, a cloth, just a common looking and appearing cloth. Now handkerchiefs were literally sweat cloths. They used them to mop the face and the brow for perspiration. That's why the English calls it handkerchiefs. And sometimes we think of, you know, blowing your nose, but that's not the main thing they thought of it for. They thought of it wiping sweat from your brow. Literally, it's a sweat cloth, but it was probably small hand size. And then the other would have been probably like the size of a towel, uh, something that you could wrap around and cover your lower body with, a towel size. But it's cloths that had been in contact with his body, whether he wore it or whether he used it or whether he, he put his hands on it, but it, it came in contact with him. And, and, and if, if that wasn't necessary, then why didn't God just do it without it coming in contact with him? But it must have been. And when these cloths, small size and larger size cloths, were taken, and they were taken in rooms where people were laying on beds, delirious with fever, and they were taken into places where folks were chained and tied to a pole because they were so crazy, had lost their mind. And they put these cloths on them. Attached them to them or had them to wear them or put them on them some way. And I don't know if it happened in a moment or in a day or three days. I don't know. But the Bible said their disease left them. Do you believe this or not? Their disease left them. And if there was a spirit that had caused them to lose their mind and whatever else, it left them too. And nothing is said about him praying for them or coming and laying hands on them. Are casting anything out of them. Did you hear me? It was just when the cloth. Contacted them. The power of God came into them. And this is the law of displacement. When something comes in. 
Something else has to go out. When the power of God came in, the disease went out. When the anointing came in, the devil left. You believe it? Is it still true today? It's still true today. Now I want you to notice something. Go back to that 10th verse. I saw this today. I hadn't thought as much about it, but I I could sure see it as the Lord mentioned it to me. This goes hand in hand with something. He had stayed there for two years in this same place so that everybody in the area in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus. You know, they not only must have had faith in God, they had faith in Paul too, didn't they? And they'd been around there long enough. They had heard and seen things that were going. If they didn't have any faith in him, what would they care if a cloth came from him? Do you see this? And this developed over a period of these years that he was in their presence and around them and they saw God was using him. But you don't, you don't put the emphasis on the cloth. You don't turn it into some kind of a, a charm. Christians should have no good luck charms. Christians should have no amulets or any kind of thing to ward off evil. No, you shouldn't have anything like this on your person. You shouldn't have anything like this in your house. It is occult. It is unbelieving. There is no such thing as luck. Luck doesn't exist. It must be another one of those theories. (laughs) Somebody had an idea. (laughs) You don't need to use the word luck in talking, describing the thing, good luck, and they ran out of luck, and... I'm down on my luck. Luck doesn't exist. People are talking about, man, that's just bad luck. What are they talking about? They have used that to substitute for being blessed or cursed. And it's a way of leaving God out of it. I got no bad luck. And I'm not cursed. I'm blessed. How about you? Come on. Huh? I'm blessed. The blessing of the Lord is on me. Thank you, Lord. Let's talk right. Let's believe right. Thank you, Father. Go with me over to the fifth chapter of Acts now. While we're talking about this, let's get into something that actually expands this a little bit. Do you believe God can use men and women? He can use their hands. He can use cloths. Cloths. You know, I've I've gone into places before where moves of God happen significant decades and longer past and the building had not been changed and I walked in there and you could sense some of it you could sense a remnant of that power and glory and I wondered about that and I began to look around and think there's cloth all over this place and apparently cloth can act as a storage battery I know that sounds strange to people but I didn't make this up it can be saturated with healing and delivering power. How do you explain it? Any other way. Of them taking these cloths from him. God didn't need that. Why didn't he tell Paul I don't need that. Leave it alone. No. Not only did he do it. He had it recorded. And he had the Holy Ghost say it was special. He wanted to know, want us to know he did it. And I reckon he could still do special things. That you hadn't thought of. And do it in ways that hadn't occurred to us. He is the head of the church. And he doesn't have to have any committee meetings from us. To decide what and how to do these. We need to be open. Now if it is him. It's going to glorify. Not a man. Not a cloth. It's going to glorify Jesus. It's going to glorify God. And it's going to work good. People got healed. People got delivered. Well that's not the devil doing it. That could have been the devil. The devil ain't healing people. Come on. He's not delivering them from himself. It's another one of those theories. We don't deal in theories. We deal in living truth. That makes you free. Somebody say glory to God. I think I would have preached this just to myself. But I'm glad you were here to help me. Acts 5. Acts 5. Did you find it? Acts 5 and 12. What has happened is uh, Ananias and Sapphira 
just not long before this, fell dead. It was a sign, a sign of judgment. And boy, it shook the people. Verse 11, great fear came upon all the church and upon as many as heard these things. How many think the lion went way down after that? People lying to each other, lying to the preachers and lying. How many think lying went way down? <laughs> and uh, upon as many as heard these things. Verse 12, are you with me? And by the hands of the apostles were many, somebody say many, many, many signs and wonders wrought among the people. Many. We know they had so many, they had to categorize them. Regular miracles? <laughs> that sounds funny to us. But if you got extraordinary miracles, you got to have some others that are. I mean, it, that's a miracle, it's hard to call that regular. But it wouldn't be the extraordinary. Maybe it's amazing and extra amazing. <laughs> they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Verse 13. Of the rest, durst no man join himself to him. But the people magnified him. They had respect. People didn't pretend to be Christians. They remembered Ananias and Sapphira. Verse 14. Believers were the more added to the Lord. Multitudes, both of men and women. You know, some people have said, well, you know, the Lord did these things because they needed miracles in those days to help get the church started. Friend, there is nothing that man can come up with to reach people to pull them into salvation that's going to work like this. And if they needed it, we need it. Don't you imagine or think that we can get educated enough and we can be eloquent and our oratory can be such and our reasoning can be enough that everybody will hear and be persuaded and believe. We need signs and wonders in the church to shake everybody. Everybody from the scholastically ignorant to the super intellectual, everybody. Because these signs are powerful persuaders. Now you can still choose not to believe, but I mean, when you're looking a miracle straight in the eye, you got to do something with it. And that's where the Lord wants people. It's your choice, but there it is. <laughs> well, if I'd see some, I'd believe. Not necessarily. You can always choose to disbelieve. It's still a choice. But how many would like to see the power of God in full manifestation? So that people that normally wouldn't be concerned or could care less have to look up and take a second look. And go, wow, what was that? Dad, I know he didn't do that. I know she didn't do that. What was that? And if they don't want to believe, they'll come up with a theory. (laughs) But they could be honest and go, man, that touched my heart. There's something real about that. Glory to God. Let me look at this again. Hmm? And decide to believe. And come on in. By the hands. There's hands again. God uses men's hands don't he? I mean our text talks about this. Believers. Not apostles. Believers would lay hands on the sick. And they shall recover. You know they tell us those that study the Bible. That there are more nerve endings. In the fingers and the hands. Than so many other places body parts combined. Why? There's a ton of wiring ends right there. (laughs) What's attached to the other side of that wiring? Well, it goes to your brain. Okay, what's on the other side of that? Hmm? The spirit. And the spirit comes through that. The spirit can come through a physical medium. And the greater one lives inside us. Whoa, the greater one lives inside us. What went into those cloths? What was that? It was the power of God. King James said virtue came through that cloth and came into that woman. It's the word for dunamis. It's the word we we derive our word dynamite. (laughs) It basically means power. 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 
Those are the supposedly and the greatest advances in scientists. They try to tell us about how everything's composed of these tiny, tiny particles of energy. What's, what's that? What is that? Energy. What's that? Power. It's power. Power. Where'd it come from? Well, we don't know. I got a book. I got a book you need to look at. <laughs> that tells you where the power came from. Even how it came. Yes. It came out of God. Yes. And it came by the medium of his words. And power we have not fathomed. He said light be. And that light is still speeding beyond where we could ever see with any kind of telescope. It's still expanding. It's still going. Where? None of us know. <laughs> but I reckon throughout eternity, we'll have time to find out some stuff. I reckon we'll go some places and see some things. Are you looking forward to it? Fred? And you'll never say, I'm too tired. I need a nap. <laughs> because we'll have a body. Like to his glorious body that will be incorruptible and immortal. Immortal. Can't die. Can't die. Not subject to weakness or frailty or decay or death. That's our future. I'm going to go some places. How about you? I'm going to see some things. How about you? I reckon we'll get to do it together. Yeah. Or at least some of it or parts of it. I, it'll be great. I know it'll be great. <laughs> God wrought miracles by the hands of these apostles. Many. Somebody say many. many. Not one or two. Many signs and wonders. So we already know in this book of Acts, we're not told about everything that happened. There were a lot of things happening. He just picked out a few to tell us about. But a lot of things were happening that's not even recorded. They were wrought among the people. And verse 14, the believers were the more added to the Lord. Multitudes, multitudes. You reckon more people would come in if we had more miracles? Is that what we're seeing here? We're seeing all many signs, many wonders, and not just two or three getting saved here. Multitudes coming in. Well, that's got to be the will of God. For people, instead of trickling in, to flow in. In mass, that's got to be the will. Time is short. People are dying. People are dying faithless. This is as serious as it gets. Do we need the full manifestation of the gifts and power of God working that will draw people? And, and Jesus said, if I be lifted up, and these things lift him up, they exalt him. I'll draw men to me. Multitudes were added to the Lord. Multitudes, both of men and women, multitudes. This are thousands upon thousands. And this is when the world population wasn't nearly what it is today. Keep reading. Insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and they laid them on beds and couches that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. Verse 16. There came out also a multitude out of the cities round about unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folks and them which were vexed with unclean spirits. Now you don't do that. People don't just keep doing that and keep doing that and keep doing that when nothing's happening. You know, you bring a couple of people out and nothing happens, well that's the end of it. But whenever, when they brought 30 or 40 people out, and the next day they bring 500, yeah. and the next day they brought 3,500, yeah. why? Why? Something's happening. And they were healed. They were healed. Every one. Every one. There was not one unlucky person. 
There was not one that it wasn't God's will to heal them because he was teaching something and he was more glorified in their disease or in their dementia. Did you hear me? These explanations are also theories. These are preacher theories. Theologian theories that are absolutely contrary to the word of God. I want you to know it's God's will for everybody on this planet to be saved. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come. It's God's will that every one of us be healed, sound in mind and body. Don't you believe anything else? It's the will of God. Well, if this is God's will, then it would be done. Uh-uh. No. Just because something's the will of God doesn't mean it's going to be done. Is everybody saved? No. Why? We have a will. We can choose to believe. We can choose to reject. We can choose to obey. We can choose to rebel. We have a lot to do with it. But it is and always will be the will of God for every one of us to be free. Every one of us to be blessed. Every one of us. Jesus said, this is why I came. That you might have life. And that you might have it more abundantly. The Amplified says, to the full until it overflows. Abundant life is why Jesus came. There's words out of his mouth. He said so. But what's all this terrible stuff that's been going on in my life? The first part of that verse, he explained, the thief comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. Not God, not Jesus. That's the devil. There is a devil. Notice, they brought him and they laid him so that if they didn't touch him or he didn't touch them or they didn't even touch his clothes. Can you see there was the laying on of hands? There's people touching him. And then there's people just touching the cloth. Or the cloth touching them. And now the proximity has increased. Uh, uh, greater. Well, what am I saying? The distance has increased. They're further away. Peter's shadow, it literally means shade. Like a tree that casts a, a shade or a shadow. He's walking by. He never touched them. He never prayed for them. His shadow came across them. And they jumped up and said, I'm healed. I'm healed. You believe that or not? Who did it? Don't give the glory to the shadow. You know, if that had been a lot of people that had started a church, an association, you know, the first shadow healing church of Branson. What group are you in? I'm one of the shadow healers. Well, I'm a cloth healer myself. (laughs) I don't believe in that. I'm an oil man. (laughs) What you need to be is a God man. A God man. But understand and know God uses he uses people. He uses men and women. He used their hands. He can even use cloths. He can use shadows. He can use sticks. He made cloth. He made sticks. He made hands. Why couldn't he use it? Why couldn't he flow through it? Jesus put mud in people's eyes. Spit and put it in their ear. People said, that's unsanitary. Hey, when you were deaf and now you can hear, you ain't filing no report. Do you understand? (laughs) You ain't complaining to the health department or nobody else. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Do you believe in miracles? Everybody stand on your feet. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Thank you for your greatness. Lift up your hands. Let's begin to worship our mighty, mighty God. Lord, we worship you. Oh, just lift up your hands. Come on, worship him. Oh, Lord, we worship you. Oh, we worship you. We worship you. 
This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.